Let's make the baby do the magic hand thing. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. I'm out of ideas. I'm not. They come in and play an inside type of game. Uh-oh. It's at the line. The Spurs, they're a very wishy-washy team currently. <laughs> what? I don't know how else to describe it. They're just kind of wishy-washy. Like sometimes they do good, sometimes they do bad. I don't know how to describe it. It's it, what it, what it is is they're basically. Jacqueline, Mr. Hyde. You know, you don't know what you're gonna get. It's just, it's, you don't know what team you're gonna get on on what night. It's just, it's crazy. But this is at the line. I'm Ty Yeager. That's Matt Mac Pena. I almost said Matt because there's a, there, there's an issue here. Whenever I have two different shows, and my co-hosts are Mac and Matt, that doesn't help. <laughs> So if you don't know, I got a radio show on Talk Radio 1190 in Dallas-Fort Worth that's called The Step Back with Matt Cather and Ty Yeager, while we got at the line with Mac Pena and Ty Yeager. It's 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 confusing. But I can say that's kind of confusing. It is. It's like I gotta say Matt and Matt. It doesn't excuse me though. It doesn't. All right, all right, more right. professional, sir. All right. Before we get before we go on, at the line is brought to you by News Four San Antonio and Fox Twenty Nine's Spur Zone. Make sure to follow the Spur Zone on Twitter at Jeff G Spur Zone, and make sure to go to News Four San Antonio for all the Spur Zone content that has all the Spurs and all your content. I don't know how to talk lately. We're just gonna go with it. But <laughs> News Four San Antonio and Fox Twenty Nine's Spurs Zone for anything Spurs. Let's get started with the latest game the Spurs have had. The last game in the AT&T Center to wrap up 2019 and the decade as a whole as the Spurs get a 136-109 win against the Pistons. This was just a great game. We're going to talk all about that and the Lonnie Skywalker show that came as a result. We'll also talk about the Dallas game where that was kind of it was kind of close but disappointing overall. And we're we're just going to we're going to talk about that one guy that we don't like from that one country in year and Europe. That just annoys the hell out of all us Spurs fans. But I know, Matt, when you agree. Come on, man. You don't have to call him out because of his country. <laughs> everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the guy. <laughs> all right. Let's get started with the, Let's get start. Let's go back to Dallas. Let's go back to the day after Christmas Day. Let's, let's rewind and go back there. Spurs took a 102 to 98 loss against the Mavericks. It wasn't a pretty game, but. I kind of, I called this. I was on locked on, and I said the Spurs are not going to win this game, but they're going to keep it close. And it was a four point game, of course. Yeah, unfortunately. And I we have to blame Bryn for that because the Spurs had did it. The Spurs started letting up in that like that third quarter, fourth quarter, and where, or the fourth quarter where they Mavs were just draining all these sorts of threes on them. But they made a comeback, got within close. Bryn had a shot. He seriously had a shot with like six seconds left, and he waited for. He waited for someone else to come up for was it Derek? Yeah, he, he ended up giving it back to Derek because Derek was was trailing the play and um Brynn ended up, you know, basically tossing it back to him for, for the three point for the three point shot. And wasted essentially all six seconds on that clock. Which doesn't make any sense. He could <laughs> like 
And um, the one thing I do underrate, I think the one thing that Bryn Forbes is underrated with is his finishing. He's a very strong finisher, especially with how small he is. He can still muscle his way through and finish inside, and I wish he would do it a bit more. And he did it earlier in that game. He could have easily just driven in. It was a kind of a wide open lane and just throw up a layup for two points. That would leave like four seconds left on the clock. Foul. Bing, bada, boom. You still have a chance. And you don't waste six seconds on the clock. Yeah. He, he I don't, and, and people are going to be like, well, I, I don't even know what the excuses they're coming up with nowadays for, for Bryn Forbes in, you know, in his lack of play sometimes. But, he honestly he was shooting it that that entire game he was shooting it he was letting it go and he was unfortunately he was 0 for 4 um you know from from the three-point shot but and but but you know he was still he was still shooting it and and exactly the time that you need him to shoot in is the time that he doesn't which doesn't make any sense because that that's not his mo yeah and the spurs did not have a great shooting night they've st- I think they shot an unconventional for Spurs play, 29 threes that game, but they only made eight. With Rudy was the only one that was kind of draining them, along with Derek, who only, he made two out of five, but it was just, it was kind of a very poor shooting night for the Spurs overall, even if at 48%. It was just very inconsistent play, I would say. No one really had a great night. No one had a, some people had a bad night, but over, but overall, they kept it close against a Mavericks team that does, has one of the best offenses and against the Warriors, scored 41 in the first quarter alone. <laughs> yeah, so I think, and, and yeah, there's, there's at this point in the season, um, with how the Spurs are playing, I don't think you should count moral victories, or or moral victories shouldn't be, like, your, your bottom line. Yeah. You know, you need to win because you need to win. You need to grind out those wins, especially, you know, those really close wins. But with a team like the Mavericks and surprisingly they're doing extremely good this year but with a team like the Mavericks this is kind of one of those yes we lost this is one of those exceptions where where you say you know what yes we lost but at the same at the same time it's it's still something that you, you have to build upon to to continue you know they're they're it was going in the right direction because this team the Mavericks team is like you said it they're an insanely efficient offense and um and they were just draining the hell out of their threes especially in the second half like they were it was just insane they were just bombing them um and I'm surprised that the Spurs withstood that and only lost by four points you know it, it I wish they would have kept playing harder or started playing earlier harder um within that fourth quarter but they you know they did a hell of a job the overall the Mavericks were shooting forty percent um from the three point from the three point line. Um you know, they attempted 43, 43 pointers and, and made sixteen of them. So if you can if you can withstand an onslaught of sixteen threes as opposed to your own eight, like you literally made half of what they made, um and you're shooting twenty seven percent. If you can withstand that and, and keep it within four points or or you know, within double digits, you know, less than double digits, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good victory. Not saying that it's, it's a pretty one or one that we should, we should build forward towards, but I'm just saying you have to take down into consideration and say, Hey, look, we almost had it. And, you know, there should have been one or two adjustments here, there <coughs> play Lonnie Walker. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, you know, that, you know, what are you going to do? Unfortunately he had the DNP. Yeah. And I will say, the Spurs defense, for as shitty as the Spurs defense has looked all season, the past few games they've looked pretty damn good. Especially, 
holding a historically great Mavs offensive team to three quarters under 30 points. Held them to 20 points alone in the first quarter for that. Yeah, they allowed 32 in the second quarter, but they still held them to... You can't believe it, but they still held the Mavs to under tw- to twenty three points in the fourth quarter and that three and that three point onslaught. And I will say the Spurs they do pretty damn well at coming at coming back in games, and they've done it plenty of times this season. They just haven't finished most of those games, but twice against the Mavs they've been down by double digits and somehow come back to take it within a few points. This game they gave a lead to the Mavs with a seventeen point lead to the Mavs in like late fourth quarter and came back from that within four that's a fucking amazing exactly and that's what i'm saying you know this is one of those games where where you look at it and you say okay we need to take the positives extract the positives from this game and build upon that um because if you can withstand everything that the Mavs has thrown at you and still only lose by a couple of points you know it it, it's something there's things it's more one of those games that you just you just say okay screw it we lost but ultimately you know they played they were the better team and there were some things that we could have changed to make us better obviously the first thing you're going to look at is is the three-point shooting and which is something that they greatly looked at you know in comparison to what they they did today so i'm i'm extremely glad that they looked at that and said we need to take a look at it because you're shooting 27 percent from the three-point line you're not going to win any games if you know you're not going to win very many games if you continue that trend and so um you know, it's just, again, the Mavericks game was frustrating in the sense that we could have had it, or the Spurs could have had it. Um, unfortunately, you know, they just they just didn't close it out like they should have. Definitely. And, and but now let's go to the Pistons game where they get a 136 win to 109 against the Pistons. This was one of the, one of the best games I would say the Spurs have had all season all, all around. Outside of, outside of the, yeah, the Houston game for sure. Yeah, all around. This was a great game. Defense did well, kept the Pistons under 30 points for each quarter. The offense was there, and I say this offense can be great. It's just inconsistent at times, and this tonight they were really good. Had 30 in the first quarter, 29 in the second quarter, 42 in the third quarter, and then 35 in the fourth. They they came out strong. They finished strong with a 29, big biggest lead of 29 points. Shot. This is where I'm loving where the Spurs are going, and I think Pop even quoted this. Spurs shot 35 threes that against the Pistons and made 18 for 51%. That's awesome. That's what you want to see from this team, just scoring from everywhere on the floor. Well, and I think what made that possible was the fact that they were they were passing the ball. A lot of these plays where they got these these threes were were because they made multiple passes. They they didn't play the ISO game too too much or too heavily. They allowed the ball to move and and they played Spurs basketball. That's that's what we've we've come to know what Spurs basketball is. You know, you move the you move the rock, you keep pushing it until you find not the great not the great shot, but the even better shot. And um and we saw that there was there's plenty of times where everybody got at least an open look. Um and like I said, you know, from from the Mavs game to this game, you go from 27 28% shooting three pointers to over 51%. They were shooting literally 51% of their three they're making 51% of their three pointers which is amazing um and so it's, that was that was the ticket you know also you know somebody didn't play <laughs> you know those minutes those minutes went to somebody else that was more effective and, and that that was extremely helpful um you know we we see these or we've come to know these these 
these players in this in the past were you know they're they're the the juice guys or they're the people off the bench that that make it um that give a spark and and that was exactly what Lonnie Walker is he's he's the spark guy now him and Patty Mills are the spark guys and they need to be playing those minutes definitely and there were five players that scored double digits uh Jamar LMA Bryn Rudy and Dejounte. I think everyone, everyone that played besides Marco and hit and his three Mets all had a bucket in some sort of way, and also everyone on the team, but but two players had an assist, which is mind blowing. Just overall, it, this was a good game. Demar showed up. I think Demar has been having a lot of scoring issues lately. LMA showed up. Bryn shot consistently tonight for once. Rudy, Rudy's. I think the one thing Rudy's had a horrible season this season. He had one of his worst shooting seasons in his career. But the past few games, he's been lighting it up, and he's now he's found his stride, especially beyond the arc. And he's, I think he's going to be come have a better season. And I think that's going to be key to Spurs doing much better when Rudy Gay is actually making his shots and not shooting twenty one percent from the field. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, overall, offensive, offensively, even defensively, because they 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 played really good defense today. But offensively, everybody was hitting what they needed to. Everybody that played, and outside of like garbage time minutes, everybody that played outside of garbage time minutes contributed. You can look at the stats and see the plus minuses and see like, okay, what the hell? Um, you know why are these plus minuses are skewed? But everybody contributed what they needed to. Like you said, Demar, twenty nine points. He was extremely efficient at 81 percent and that was that's that's huge for him he, he huge. ranks third among guards in uh field goal percentage which is insane which is insane because that that's his game if he's if he's not shooting if he's not making them beyond or, or within you know within the three point three point line then he's he's useless so he needs to be efficient there and that's good um and I think the biggest surprise out of all of this was the Marcus shooting 83% from the three-point line. That was insane. You you knew he was extremely confident about this when you saw him. Like, he was wide open. He could have taken a long two. Instead, he opted to move back, take that extra step back, and shoot beyond the arc. And it went in. At that point, you knew he was feeling himself because that dude, he, was, he shot five for six. I don't think Marco this season has shot 83%. No. I might be wrong. He, well, he also doesn't shoot enough, I would say, to even get He's to He's not like, qualified. That's... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, yeah, DeMar is just an efficient shooter, even as if he's taking those very inefficient mid-ranges, he's making those. And that's where the point where, yeah, I will still get frustrated when he has space to take an open three, and just kind of drives in for a mid-range. But I can't be disappointed when he's making 13 of 16 of his shots. I can't be I can't be mad at that. You you can't. You can't say anything to that. You you can't and because you you know his game. Like you know what what DeMar brings to the table. You know his game. And if he's playing his game, he's one of the best at it. And and that's exactly why the Spurs traded for him or or asked for him in the trade, you know, because he he is he is an all star. He is he. I wouldn't. I mean, he is a superstar. You know, he's 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 one of the most elite um, shooting guards that that's in the game right now. That plays a small know, forward. That that yeah that yeah he's a, he's a small forward playing the shooting guard position. <laughs> no, he's a he's a shooting guard that plays a small forward. I'd say, but no, I don't he, know. Yeah, he keeps it depends on 
he's just he's a two three guy you yeah. know he's a two three guy um but but yeah i completely agree with you you cannot you can't say anything to that you can't say like demar needs to go because he's shooting you know because his his game is ineffective like okay i understand for the most part you know there's arguments towards that and there's 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 things that support that i agree but you know you you have to realize like if this roster were to be constructed around demar i think he would he would be more effective or at least the team would be more effective so and it comes down to the whole trading thing you know if come the trade deadline if if there's there's an option to choose either you know LA or Demar, their smarter move is to go to to Demar because he's just been extremely efficient and consistently efficient. Um, you know LM, LA has had his has had his ups and downs and he he kind of goes ghost for a little while, but we've seen Demar consistently every night make his shots and 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 do and and score what he needs to score. If you had reliable shooters around Demar, reliable three-point shooters around Demar, he would be so much more effective because he's the one that's creating the penetration and he can kick out. So you know the roster right now is a little rough, um, but it could work. It could work around Demar. The same Definitely. thing. The same thing could could be said for for Lamarcus. It could work around Lamarcus. Um, and so so yeah, I agree with you that you, you kind of can't kind of can't shit on DeMar with, with with how he plays, especially when he's playing this efficient. Yeah, I I love... DeMar is one of the best players when it, he's shooting efficiently and he's dishing the ball out. He had eight assists, and there were some pretty passes. He had a nice baseline drive and just dished it out to... Br- I want to say Bryn or DeJounte, and they just drained it. And that's what you need. I think the Spurs have just been bad because their shooters have been inconsistent. Their shooters are not being the best that they can possibly be, but... They they're finally they're, they're finding their streak now. Rudy Gay's finding his streak. Bryn is lighting it up finally, like he did in preseason. I think Lamarcus is now lighting it up from deep. He's taking the, he's taking those three point ch- shots, and then Trey Lowndes is getting some good minutes, and he's f- fulfilling his role. And to move away from the great offense, I'd say this def like we said earlier, this defense had a great night against the Pistons. Held Blake Griffin to twelve points off of eighteen percent shooting. That's insane. Yeah, they gave Andre Drummond 21 points and 18 rebounds, but still, giving holding Blake to 12 points, who is known for being a very explosive scorer, to uh, to 18% shooting, that's a win in my book. Yeah, I mean, I even think, you know, even though Andre Drummond scored 21, that's, that's one of his lowest outings. I think they did a really good job matching up with him. Um, because he he's usually a high twenties, high 30, 30 guy, and then he he's also just kills the boards. Yeah, he had eighteen. Um, but it's just I think they they did they still did a pretty good job limiting him to what he does. I mean, he's he's probably the best big man in the league right now. Like if you were if you were to look at every big man aside from like Joel Embiid, um, and Jokic like Andre Drummond is just the prototypical center that you want you know the dude just is always around 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 the rim and he just scores buckets and and also just grabs rebounds it like it's good you know if you had a team built around him as far as shooters like it would be fine um so so yeah he's just they I, I think their defense was just was great it was overall all all the phases they played amazing definitely 
And on, I say Andre Drummond's probably top five in this league when he's cooking. He does what you need in a center. Rebounds the hell out of it. Hell, he had nine rebounds out after the first. And that's – he had like 12 points and not eight, nine rebounds out of the first quarter. And that's insane. But overall, I think these are two good games. I think one game was sloppy in the Mavs game. But the Spurs still did a good job defensively, which has been a, a big downside to this team. And then against the Pistons, just a great overall game. And it showed that – this team can be good. And I think this roster this roster is very underrated just because they just haven't been showing up lately. And now I think everyone's getting stride. I think the rotations are becoming a bit tighter knit now. And they're becoming a bit more appropriate. There could still be some adjustments to fix them overall. But I think the Spurs team is finally coming together. Yeah, which concerns me for <laughs> for the trade deadline. That's what I don't want and i feel like that's what a lot of spurs fans at this point don't want either because the with you're right the roster is meshing better they're playing better with each other but at the same time there still could be i think there could be more effective players um around the roster if you were to take out so 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 yeah i that's that's my biggest thing if if we, how about we take a break and then we'll come back and discuss this? Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about the Lonnie Skywalker show after we talk about what winning could mean for this team overall when it comes to the trade deadline. It's at the line. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at At The Line. One, it's absolutely free to use, and guess what? I know some of our hosting websites, they cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out, how do what what do I put? How do I get this? It's so confusing. Anchor, although, makes it easy for you. And they will put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcasting websites. And guess what? The best part of it? You can make money from your podcast, but no minimum listenership. That means you can do your podcast for free while making money. Who doesn't love that? And it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast. Pushed his way up on Patty Mills. And he had a way. Skywalker! Oh my goodness! Skywalker gets him off their feet! <laughs> it's at the line. Spurs had a good game against the Pistons, and Lonnie just showed off. Dude, I can't. We're gonna have to wait to talk about that until we talk about what this, what the Spurs doing much better. What does that mean for the trade deadline, Mac? What were you uh, ending on whenever we ended that that first break, that or that first segment? So, so this is this is the conundrum that the Spurs currently face is if and 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 there's a lot of people that are aware of this. You know, 
this is this goes to to this this goes to all the people that think you cannot criticize your favorite you know sports team. Yes, you can. <laughs> Plain and simple. You no can way. The hell you... <laughs> I can't believe you. You can't what? make fun of your own team. That's what? against the rules. You you can't criticize a five time NBA champion coach. What? <laughs> That's inappropriate. <laughs> Yes, you can. You can you can criticize whoever the hell you want, especially if you if you realize things are going well right now. The team isn't isn't playing the best. Yes, we saw them, we saw them with play one of their best games, um, but they're still five games under five hundred, and that's not even a good thing. They're they're probably right now in the tied for you know for the eighth seed. Well, depending on how this Portland game plays out. But it looks like Portland's about to lose, so as, as it might we, be as, as we're as we're so not dated. <laughs> as the, we we are totally recording this not on on a Saturday night. <laughs> no, dog, we'll, we'll be we'll be straight on because once this game ends, we're, we're still we're still recording, so we're we're gonna be dated. We're gonna be we're gonna be perfect. We'll be good. All right, go. Um, <laughs> we'll move on. Continue. But, okay, so this is the conundrum that they face. Bringing it back. The conundrum that they face is if the Spurs continue to win and play well, then Pat Popovich in the front office will think, hey, we don't need to make any changes. But then at the same time, you still see that the Spurs team, there's still a lot of holes and a lot of things that can be fixed, along with contract issues. There's still things that can be fixed. There's still things that need to be remedied because this is not, this this Spurs team can be so much better, and we've seen it. And even if you just fix the rotations, this this team can be so much better. They could have been been so much better. And that's the that's the issue is that right now, with the with the the players that Popovich has on on this roster, he is more inclined, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say incentivized. What word am I looking for? He's more inclined and. Um, and the temptation—that's what I'm looking for—and the temptation yes. to play older veterans is there, and that's the issue. And that's the issue is he—he he has that temptation, so he plays them. And this team currently, the best players on this team outside, outside of obviously Demar and and Lamarcus. Um, okay, let's say the best. The best players consistently are the younger guys outside of Demar. There's not a player over 30, minus Patty Mills and Demar Derozan, that that are better than than the younger guys than than our, our main young guys that we have. I know that's that's sounding ludicrous, but I think the team needs to revolve around Dejounte, Derek, and Lonnie, and even Jakob. Because when Jakob plays, good things happen. When Jakob gets twenty plus minutes, good things happen. As shown in the Pistons game, Gosh. he got twenty two points. He got twenty two minutes. Had four. Again, whenever we come to Jakob, when I always talk about Jakob, they're like, he only scores like four points a game. Well, he's still rebounding and he's still having a great, great influence when it comes to the offensive end and defensive end, as shown by his defensive and offensive ranking or rating. Jakob's Jakob's mo is is when it comes to influencing the paint. He puts so much pressure in the paint. He has a, he had another two blocks to his total for the year. Like it, I mean, he's it's he's he is 
that paint presence that you need. He influences the paint. He, he guards the paint and everything. Like it's just it's it's amazing uh, how much how much influence he has within 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 the paint. And it, people don't drive very often. You see them get so much so much. Um, you see them get drive into the paint when LA's in there. Yeah, LA's been doing doing a serviceable job being the the center, but it's it's completely different when when it comes to when it comes to more um to Jakob inside. Definitely. So yeah. so yeah, that's the conundrum. And I'm sorry, just to finish it because I keep I keep going off these tangents, which is horrible radio. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but the conundrum is, you either win and you play well, and then the front office is going to think that they don't need to make any moves or you suck and you tank and then you make moves like, but the problem, the answer is you can still win and make moves. And that's what that needs to happen. You can still, you can still move some of these people and, and get perfect ideal players that work in your system. That'll still win you games. This, this team can still be a playoff team and go deep if they make the right moves. It's called that trade value. <laughs> right now, Lamarcus's trade value is like through the roof, though. especially after him and him and Demar's trade value. So, if you want to look at both sides, the Spur, if you're a guy, if you're a person that wants the Spurs to win, guess what? They are doing. They have been doing that lately. If you are a guy that wants them to trade a guy, they still have good trade value, and the trade value is going up with their performances. And so, you might actually get more back for in a trade than you have previously. <clears throat> Kawhi Leonard's trade. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but, and I, I try to look at both sides of what, of what different, what Spurs fans want. Of course, those the Spurs fans that I honestly tick me off when they say, oh, keep playing Marco. We want to lose. We want to tank. And then there's the ones that want to for, force a trade. And those kind of honestly piss me off. I'm just going to be honest about that. But, so I why, why does it why does it piss you off? It's like are you, I, are you not like are you not into? I'm not a tanking. I'm I'm a, I'm okay. too, I'm too I'm too competitive to to want to tank. I want to win. I always want to win. Yes, even if, I agree with you. Even if it means that we are going to go to go be eight seed or something like that, I still want this team to win. I still want this team to go out every night and play hard because I think that should be the mo of every team. If if you look at teams and if you look at teams that have been tanking for the past decade. And honestly, we're going to, we're going to look back at the decade later in the show. But if you look at teams that have been tanking the past decade, they have not gone that well. I think have, yeah, there's nothing. There's not. There's a very few exceptions. The Mavericks are one, or one exception, just based on the team that they are building currently, and they are doing great at that. And I think Cleveland, but that was also because LeBron came in out, came back in, and just essentially changed the whole the whole game plan. But Look at the Knicks. They've been sad for the past two decades. Look at, look at uh, try to think Phoenix. Of Phoenix. <laughs> they were kind of hot earlier season, but they've come back down to earth. There's, this is a Sacramento's another one. I think Sacramento has a potential, but they're, I think injuries are just hurting them. But there's all of these teams that have tanked and tanked, and they're just thinking, oh, we're gonna get the next, the next La Zion. He's gonna save us. They're all going even, to do this. Even Minnesota, Minnesota, and the Pelicans. There's plenty of teams that that fit your you know fit your description that have tanked for so long, but at the same time, haven't nothing. Haven't, they haven't reaped any any fruit. They haven't reaped any benefits from it. No results. That's and that's why I say tanking doesn't work. 
No matter, especially with how the lottery system is. We saw in the lottery system where the Knicks drop, who were the worst team, dropped to, to the third pick. You see the Pelicans jump to the first pick, and you see the Lakers, who barely missed the playoffs, jump to the fourth pick. The lottery yeah. system is not built for tanking. This is not the NFL where you're the worst team, aka the Bengals. You're gonna knock. You're not going to get the first pick. That's not how the that's not how the NBA lottery works. Unfortunately, I'm so upset that, that the Bengals are going to choose Joe Burrow. I'm so upset. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. I'm sorry that you have to deal with Cincinnati. Please, please, if if anybody from Saints are listening, <laughs> the Saints organization are listening right now, do whatever you need to do to draft Joe Burrow. Oh, you got, bro. You got, you got. Bridgewater and you got a, your you got your boy the, you got the Swiss Army knife of of oh, quarterbacks. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. You got this. Dude, it doesn't matter. Joe Burrow, bro. Joe Burrow's the Drew. Like, imagine if if an organization went from Drew Brees to Joe Burrow. That'd be like going from Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sc- scratch that. <laughs> genuine thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, i dying. Okay, so. okay. So it's like Tim Duncan to LeBron James. Let's make that comparison. <laughs> DeJounte Murray. How about say baby goat? Okay, we'll see. Hopefully DeJounte can do that. He's still baby goat. We're always going to call him baby goat. But, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's, the lottery system isn't going to work. That It doesn't work in teams' favors. And, Honestly, you don't. I don't see the Spurs tanking. We've also seen that the Spurs do quite well outside the lottery when it comes to picking. Or even if it was a late lottery pick, they're still going to do damn well. And I think that I still think that if the Spurs really see someone that they like, say Denny, and they really like him, but they don't. Which, by the way, that that was a great write up. By the way, thank you. You guys should check it out. Check it out News Spur- Four News Four San Antonio Fox Twenty Nine Spurs Zone. I wrote an article on Den- Denny. Avigi, is it Denny uh, or is it Denji? Den, it's Den, Den, D-E-N-I, Denny? Yeah, Denny. Avija, Avija, okay. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's an Israeli name. I had a, I had someone from Israel actually try to teach me how to pronounce it, and I still can't. So that's going to be something I'm going to be working on. Hey, but, that's actually pretty cool that you took that time to, you know, to have them, um, to, to have them, you know, try to teach you in. Yeah, so yeah, someone tried to teach me. I respect me. it. I respect he, it. Bro. He was also trying to tell me that this dude is not as good as as you think, but I still I still I he said, told you. God damn it, I told you. He still has a skill set. That's what I'm that's what I'm gonna be proud about. We'll talk about that trade, later. Trade that first rounder. Trade it. Just trade it. Bring bring Carl Anthony Towns over here. Just trade that first rounder. Honestly, I would not mind that, but but I still think if there's a guy in the draft that the Spurs really like, and we've seen it them do in the past, they will trade up for him. If they don't have the draft pick that they want to get a guy, they will trade up or they will trade they will trade that draft pick. They did it with Kawhi Leonard, who the Pacers got it first, and they traded George Hill for in the, their first-round pick that year to get him. By the way, Pacers, I'm so sorry you got Fleet. No, you know what? I'm not sorry. But They got, they got VO. They got, they got Sabonis now. They got Miles Turner. No, dude. No. The Spurs absolutely oh, they fleeced did. the hell they did. out of, out of the Pacers. Did. Look at – if okay, let's say everything was didn't happen the way it happened with the Kawhi saga. If you would have had Kawhi and Bertans on the same team, like at their peak, what they're playing right now, holy shit! This first team would probably be top four in the league, easily, easily top four. I still, 
this team this team still has potential to me. I'm just gonna say that. But but over if they not with if, a certain Italian on the team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And rotations too. But uh, but again, if Spurs really want someone, they're gonna trade up for him. That they've done in the past, and I think they're gonna they would do it again if they really like someone. If they really like Denny and they can't get him, they will trade up. And I think that's kind of the pro. I think that's kind of the perks of keeping Lamarcus on the team, even if you don't trade him at the deadline, because you can still trade him at you can trade him over the off season. And I think that might work. And say that Demar accepts his player option, you can still dish him out in the off season. But I highly doubt that he's going to do that, especially with the draft class not the draft class the free agent class quality that's not going to be there this season yeah i you know and i agree with that i i agree that you can still um that the spurs do will end up if they want to they'll end up trading up but at the same time it's like i don't know you know i don't know what what team is going to trade for a 34 35 year old power forward that's going to be making 27 million like it's just yeah you know it's i think right now at this point it's it's the sell high you sell high you sell high especially if a team like the phoenix suns or like the timberwolves um you know those fringe playoff teams that are trying to make noise and you you know that they might still have a high pick like you you still you want to you know trade it out you know get get what you can for these people while you still can yeah that's and my lo- thing and luckily when it comes to say that you, the team does keep Lamarcus this off se- for the off season they still the Lamarcus's contract is twenty four million expiring contract that might be appealing to some teams especially being a very manageable contract for a trade that yeah there's there's potential with there and I don't think Spurs fans should get upset if they don't. Tr- if they don't trade him, I don't think they should be upset at all. Just, <laughs> I don't. I, I think they're I, depending on how the team does. I still think that there's an opportunity for the Spurs to trade him in the offseason that might be more beneficial than trading him midseason. Okay, okay, I agree with you. If the Spurs continue to play like they have this game, yes. and they continue to you know to to trend upward. Then yeah, I agree with you. Then you, you keep them, you see what you can get, and then in the off season, you know, move them if you have to or whatever. I just, like I said, I think there's still plenty of opportunity for you to be able to um, move people yeah. at the trade deadline and still and still do very well and still salvage the season. I think um, I think one guy that they could trade could be Damari, just since he's getting. 17 18 do not play DMPs already. Throw in a Marco Bellinelli expiring 5 million contract. You can get something out of that, at the least. DeMarty Carroll's contract is actually very, very good. Like, it's not a bad it's not, it's a not bad, bad It's not a bad It's not a bad contract. It's a good contract for trades, though, especially with younger guys. I think that's... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, it's not a, you know, it's not a bad contract. So, oh, yeah, not, I could see... At all. I could see them moving, yeah. Especially with... I don't know. I still... Let's talk about this before we go. We move on. I have, and I think it kind of plays into this. It actually, it kind of plays into this. I have no idea how a guy who started for a playoff team is now riding the end of the bench and getting, getting only playing thirteen out of the thirty-one games the Spurs have played this season. I seriously, you know, I don't know how that how that happens. This Car- Carroll was a three and D starter for the Nets, and the Nets were a pretty damn good team going into to the playoffs, but. 
I don't know what he did. I don't know. He Did he say something? Did he do something at practice? What the fuck is going on with Damari Carroll? When you when you tweeted that, I like it never really hit me. Like this dude was actually starting last season, and then he just like shoots all the way down to DNPs. I, I mean, no one regresses that quickly. It's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing what's going on. I don't know if it's if he like okay for me, and this might be like a very superficial thing, um, but if there's there's an extent to to like the plays you call within the basketball game while the game is going there's an extent to that like there's an extent to to the playbook it's not like the nfl where each play you stop and you you make a play and you choose a play like there's no stoppage of playing sometimes during the games like the the, like it's continually going and that's the thing that i love about about soccer like you don't have you don't have the time the opportunity to pause choose the right play and then continue like you have to play within the flow of the game so and so the, where i'm going with this is how does damari not understand the game like according to popovich or according to the spurs like this dude is all about being a role player playing his his, his position that he needs to and, and shooting the three ball and defending what more do you want from him like outside of that like yeah. what more do you do you want from him that consists of of him playing outside of his role within the system like it's not like he's he's going to be bringing down the ball and setting these positions or, or setting up these plays you know that he needs to know um that he needs to to know everybody's position and what and where they're going like his thing is you know when we're running it up and they call, you know, they call five or the call one, this is where I need to be. And then this is the move that I need to make. Like, like his is, he's very linear in his, in his role. Like he's not a very big, a, like a big, he's not a floor general. Like there's no reason for him to, to, Oh, he's not playing within the system. Like, what does that mean? Hell, like, he- at least for somebody, him, like his, like, at least for somebody at his stage where he's a veteran, he's been on these, on these teams and he could he could benefit or we could benefit from 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 his from his his skill set yeah and he's also he's, he's also taking it like a champ i'd say in the articles that we've seen that people have wrote have written lately about carols and not dmps he's taking it like a champ he's he has no idea why he isn't playing but he's saying he's just waiting he's just waiting for his his chance and that's about all he can do and i hate that that's the thing that's happening, especially whenever you have players like, and this goes into what we were going to talk about, where you're playing Marco Bellinelli, who is a defensive liability. His offense is very inconsistent. Yes, he is. Let's let's pause here real quick, just because I want to make a disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. We are not shitting solely on Marco Bellinelli. That's not it. Yes. That, it, that's that's not it. It's just the fact that Marco has been receiving 15, 20, 30, 30 minutes sometimes, and he's absolutely terrible. He's absolutely the the, the weak the weakest link in this entire thing. There's two so, there's two people responsible for this. It's Marco right. not be not showing up like he should, and it's Popovich for getting him the minutes that he exactly. really shouldn't be playing. Exactly. Okay, so continue on. Sorry, I had to. Inter- sorry, I no, just no, wanted and because people are probably going to be are probably going to look at this or hear this and be like, "Oh, these guys all they do is shit on Marco like everybody else, like it's own original." It's like, no, 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 no. Look, we're not. If this was anybody else, you can name him. 
you can name him Barco Melanelli, whatever. And we would still, if he was still playing shitty, we would still say that he was the reason yeah. why. So he is the guy on the team that has the most min- has the most minutes, but with the lowest offensive ranking of 99 prior to the Pistons game but with our stats. Or basketballreference.com because they only update per morning. And then also, besides having one of the worst offensive rankings on the team that's below 100, he has one of he has the worst the no he has the second worst defensive rating tied with Bren Forbes on the team, and you are playing this man an average. He you've already you're playing him an average of da, 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 where is it 16 minutes a game. What the fuck? And this is and it's really. And it upsets us as Spurs fans. I think everyone knows why it upsets us. But you're playing a dude that's very inefficient, has a horrible shot shot IQ, takes very inefficient shots overall, is a defensive liability, and you're playing him over a guy who can be a big spark off the bench, especially offensively, who is much more athletic on the defensive end, and who just puts on a show every time he plays in Lonnie Walker. It's mind-blowing. And even if it is a line walker, you're still taking back from Demar Carroll, who's still a good stretch three and D guy, a guy who has size that can defend defend some of the better small forwards in the league, just because he has good he has the size for it and he has the defensive IQ Carroll, and it's just mind boggling. And I've been saying this all fucking season: what the fuck is up with the rotations, and why the fuck do you keep playing Marco Bellinelli when it, the stats are clearly proving that he is having one of his worst shooting seasons in his career, and he's a defensive and offensive liability when he's on the floor. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've said it perfectly. There's there's nothing I can say I can add more to that than, than what you've said. It just it makes no sense. And, okay, if if people want to say, like, oh, well, you know, even Damari's lost, lost a step, you know, a step in his game, then that's fine. You need to get him to game up to game speed. He's never going to get to game speed if he's always, you know, accumulating his DNPs. Like that's that that's not going to happen. And I, agree. I don't. And I agree with that. It's just not. We've even we've even seen this with some of these other guys on the team where I think and I kind of I'm okay with Pop doing this now since they are coming up. But Pop kept playing Rudy Gay. He kept playing Brent Forbes. He kept playing Trey Lyles because he was hoping that they just would get into a rhythm. Yeah, they were really big liabilities just because of their poor shooting, poor defense. But now Rudy is draining his shot. Bren is still is putting some really good defensive effort in the past two games, at the least I've seen. And Trey Lyles has been a really serviceable starting five, and he's done a really good job in his role. And I that's and Pop needs to play those guys, and I can understand that. But whenever you have Marco Bellinelli, who's just doing this consistently, at least some of these other guys have been putting out some really good games once in a while, and now they're kind of finding their stride. Marco Bellinelli, however, has not been finding his stride. And I think, I hope to damn God that him, Marco, not playing any real minutes this last game and having Lonnie play those minutes instead is a real indicator that there might be change. But the last time that happened, Lonnie went off for 28 against against the Rockets and didn't play for a whole fucking month. Yeah, and he, and he basically won us that game. Yeah, but I hope that pa- shame on a- Shame on me once full. No, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm fucked up. But, <laughs> but hopefully Pop 
he learned his lessons the first time. I hope he, he can't make the same mistake twice. Please to God. This is Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches of all time. He should not make this mistake twice, especially from how long he's been coaching. And I, as much as I, I admire how much I respect Popovich, I will criticize him in these rotations and say that he needs to stop doing what the fuck he's doing and do what he did against this Pistons team. Yeah, man. And again, that goes back to what we said in the very beginning. It's okay to criticize Popovich. It's okay to criticize anybody. It's okay to criticize uh, to criticize the president of the United States. Like everybody does it all the time. It's fine. You know, he's not. It's he's not invincible from that or immune to it. He should be criticized if he's playing like shit. Crit- if his rotations are like shit. And let me back. Let me say something on that. It needs to be reasonable criticism. Don't don't pull off some random bullshit and say that he should retire. I don't think Pop should retire. That's that's going above and beyond, and that's going overboard. Don't any criticism of his politics. Yeah, everyone has their own political opinion. I bet all these guys on this roster have a certain opinion on the president, and they are just not voicing it. Popovich has the authority to voice it, and he is his own man. Don't tell him to go shut up and dribble. That's my political soapbox, but. <laughs> But people need to have reasonable criticism, not blow sh- try to blow shit up, because that's not the way that you criti- you criticize people, and that's not, and that's just going to cause more fights. It's going to cause more fucking civil unrest when it comes to Spurs Twitter, and God knows that we do not need more fucking civil unrest on Twitter. <laughs> As I take my sip of my water, but you got, I think Popovich can be criticized, but I think that he is finally making some sense he's doing some of the right things this pistons game showed it i think there's good potential and now let's get to the good stuff lonnie fucking walker (laughs) i'm tired of talking marco i want to talk about the fucking good of this because lonnie is a fucking show i love it well let's go to break and then we'll we'll discuss lonnie Lonnie. walker up next here on that the line Hey, this is Jeff Garcia. If you're looking for the best coverage when it comes to your silver and black, look no further than to the Spur Zone, which you can find at News Force San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. From articles to podcasts and everything in between, make sure to go to the Spur Zone and follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpurZone. been saying this the whole podcast and time to get to motherfucking Lonnie Walker because <laughs> Lonnie had a fucking great game I don't yeah he got he only got eight points off of uh eight points off of 50 percent shooting but still he Lonnie Walker knows how to put on a fucking show and I love it I think out of the eight points the four buckets that he had three of them were dunks yeah I mean that's and he's extremely efficient at those, and he doesn't miss very many. I don't think he's, I mean, unless he's deterred in the air, he doesn't miss very many of those. That or the ball gets swiped in the midair, and that's where I tweeted out, these opposing teams need to stop ruining Lonnie Walker slams, the damn bastards. 
Because there's been like maybe six or seven possible Lonnie slams that were going to be damn bangers, but the ball had just gotten knocked out, out of bounds, out of his hands, or swiped in some way when he was in the air. And I was like, you bastards, you're robbing us of highlights. Stop it. We only get so many of these. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but we, like we said, we're, we are just upset with how with how Marco gets those minutes. Lonnie Walker, I think he is very under, he is v- such an underrated guy. I think he has a better and better presence when he's on the floor than when he's not. And he is very athletic. We all know that Duke can jump above the damn rim if he wants to. But and I think that's I think that's a good opportunity where he can stay in front of these athletic guards in this league. He can stay in front of them. He can switch. He can run across the floor if he needs to to get to for a closeout. And that's what you need in a defender, especially in this league where it's just young, athletic type players. And who who what the fuck was it saying that? Oh, was it Chris Webber saying that? This oh, this Spurs team is very unathletic and all that. I was like, Chris Webber, shut the fuck up. This- yeah, Chris Webber was was talking talking so much shit. I mean, obviously, the reason why he was saying that is because of the personnel that was on the floor. So I can understand why he was saying that. He just he just doesn't know what he's talking about, though. That's that's the thing. But like, like- he's uninformed. It obvious it's obviously shows that he doesn't watch the games. <laughs> yeah, but when I say this team is still pretty damn athletic. Patty Mills is athletic. DeMar DeRozan's athletic. DeJounte, Lonnie, Bryn, Derek. Those are also really... Rudy Gay's athletic. He's a bit slower now, but he's still athletic. This is a good athletic team. I think we can all say that. They just have a slower pace when it comes to the rest of the league. And that's the problem, I think, is the problem. Even though I thought their their pace was... Their pace is, was... Their pace is 12th, 12th in the league. Yeah, it's not bad. Like it's not It's not the absolute worst. Um... And they're also younger than they've been in a long, long time. Yeah. So it just Chris, Chris Weber is a horrible commentator. Um, but the real question is, who's worse, Chris Weber or Booger from ESPN Monday Night? Absolutely, Chris Weber. At least <laughs> Booger is accurate. Like he knows. He may be saying. He may be saying, like, really superficial you know obvious facts but they're facts like (laughs) at least they're facts and then uh chris weber just talking dumb shit just to say dumb shit yeah that's chris weber for you but i think lonnie walker is a he's someone that needs to play i don't think he he's not gonna be the chosen one even though he is the skywalker i don't think he's gonna be the chosen one but i think him out on the court is better than what's been on the court in Marco Bellinelli. And I think that's a key thing that I think Popovich is going to realize. And I think he finally finally is realizing it. And I think it's going to do the Spurs much better in the long run, especially along with development. As if this team is not going to get make it to the playoffs or they are going to get a seed, at least you develop your players in the, while doing that. Well, and the thing is, like, you know you know the value that Marco is going to get. You know the ceiling that Marco has. Like, everybody knows that ceiling. Nobody knows the ceiling for Lonnie Walker at this point. Nobody knows how far how far Lonnie can go or what Lonnie can can do if he gets consistent minutes. And that's that's the key, is that even though Lonnie gets inconsistent minutes and he, in, he comes, he plays once every... Literally. Every month or whatever, 
um, he still contributes way, way more, way, way, way better than Marco does. Than than Marco Brin, than anybody that that's come off the bench, minus Patty and Jakob. Yeah, and Rudy. It's, it's like in that nine man rotation. It shouldn't be Marco that's in that rotation, or even Brin. It should be Lonnie that's that's in there. Yeah, that's Lonnie needs to be out there. I think it also it's he's just a highlight reel, and it it makes it makes it it's so much more fun to watch the Spurs with Lonnie on the floor than and than most of these games that we've been watching. And at least as Spurs fans, do us some sort of favor and make these games fun to watch, even if you are gonna lose. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. And this is what we're calling for when we say like, um, when we say you know we 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 would rather see the youth play than the youth play and lose than the old vets play and and win. Wait, did I say it right? <laughs> you, you said play the old vets and win. No, no, no. You, okay, you yeah. So, so I, no, no, no. So, so we would rather see the young guys play and lose than seeing the vets play and lose also <laughs> there you go there you go yeah, there's your metaphor. that's what i meant that's that's what i'm trying to say but we don't give we don't give a shit to see the vets the same vets play and they still lose if we're gonna lose at least lose with the young guys and have them get the experience that they need and it's shown though it's shown in the two big games that he's got major minutes spurs win they won against the rockets and they won against the pistons I think those are the two games where he got some major run. He got some important minutes, and it shows. And the Spurs are currently tied with Portland in the standings. They don't have the win percentage against it. But they can easily sneak into the playoffs and get a position. And I still think this team, if you put them in the proper rotations, especially with these good young guys, I think there could be a run. There's no, There is no Golden State Warriors of previous years in this league that the Spurs can't beat. I think every team is beatable in this league. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point right now, they're, the window is wide open as opposed to, to what it was in the past. Yeah, I um, every, what any it team was can was this, this past decade. I think the standings are a bit of a deceptive. The Rockets should not be that third seed with how their depth is. Their depth is just piss poor. Uh, West Westbrook is the most overrated player in the fucking league. I'm not <laughs> Tell gonna, how you really feel. That's my that's my hot take, and I'm not gonna back down for that. That's my hottest take of the season, and he's the most overrated player in the fucking league. <laughs> Melo's right behind him, but I think Melo's actually having is doing much better this season with Portland. I think he found, I think Melo found it. He found his place in the league in Portland, but but Houston, they're. I think they're a team that their record is deceptive. I think the Mavs are better than their record is. And I think the Lakers are going to come down to earth eventually with these injuries because Anthony Davis can't stay off the fucking injury report. And and LeBron is dealing with another nagging groin injury. And I think every single team, and if you look at the Western Conference, every team has its flaw. And every team is beatable. And I think the Spurs still have the potential to beat any of these teams any night. Yeah, I I agree, and that's that's exactly why this year, out of out of probably any year in the past, um, I think this year is the one year you do want to sneak in because anything can happen, any any given game, anything can happen, and even in a seven game series, anything can happen. I mean, look at last year where they took 
you know, the, the, the two seed to, to seven games and could have possibly won it if at least one of our other guys showed up as far as scoring goes. Um, like, but yeah. so that's why, that's why for me, I'm in the same boat as you were, you know, I, no matter what I, I want to play and I want to win, um, you know, but I also understand that we can still win by making some trades too. Yeah, I can understand that. If there's specific trades the Spurs can get, if they can get that Miles Turner, like we discussed our last podcast, if they can get those certain players that can really improve their team, then take it. If you're not getting shit off the market, wait. Hold out until the offseason and, ma- and trade up in a draft if you see a guy that you like. That's essentially what we've been saying. But I mean, yeah, I'm I'm all for like I'm all for getting another player you know, or another big that's that can stretch the floor a little bit easier. So, yeah, you know, something like that. Whatever, whatever you can do to improve the team, especially around one of your superstars, whether it be LA or whether it be DeMar, by all means, I think you need to take that definitely and run with it. All right. So, the decade ends in two days of this recording that we are recording this. So by the time that you listen to this, it's like one day late way. It's New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We're in 2020 already. But we have to review the 2010s because the 2010s have been a pretty damn eventful for the Spurs. There's been some legendary moments, some amazing games, and some very sad moments, and some very irritating, questionable, what the fuck just happened moments within this <laughs> within this decade. There, there's been peaks, and then there's been valleys. There, This whole decade has been fucking crazy. So, you know what the craziest thing is? That the Spurs won won a championship not too long ago. Like, yeah. if you think about it. Like, Also, the Spurs, didn't, the Spurs didn't miss the playoffs once this decade. Absolutely. It's amazing. So let's look back at the San Antonio Spurs within the 2010s. Let's first start off in 2013. They have a damn good run. Beat Memphis in the in the Western Conference Finals to go to the finals and play against LeBron James and the Heat, who just who just got a win against I want to say they got a win against Kevin Durant's Thunder. So they are they got the first championship. They're looking for their second one. They run into a aging team in the in in the Spurs, but the Spurs still look fucking great. They got to the finals. They. They have it so fucking close. And I watched this. I watched this all this morning. They were so close. They were so close, and we all know it. But Ray Allen makes that shot with six seconds left in Game Six, and fuck, that's a sin. That's I hate watching that. I remember in high school that after that season, guys would always play that fucking Ray Allen shot just to get to me. <laughs> So okay, so what was it? Was was it because should have Timmy been in that in that game? Because was it that season that Timmy wasn't in there and in the final seconds? I, I think it was it. that game. I have to look at it, but I can't. I mean, people's memory is way better than mine in regards to this shit. So I also don't. I don't, I don't care to remember half the time. <laughs> just exactly. Cause it, yeah, because I don't want to relive those horrible, <laughs> horrible thoughts. Yeah, those horrible times. Um. But no, like I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it was it was that game where where Timmy was out, and that was the reason why the rebound wasn't grabbed, and they still had that ability to to kick it out to Ray for for that. Yeah. Also, you know, for that time. Also, I forgot because I'm not looking at this. The Spurs were almost close to going to the finals in 2012. 
They lost in the conference finals to Thunder. They were, yeah, dude. They that's, were, where, that's where that's where they lost. That's where they they blew the the three the three one. I think that was where they blew the three one um, lead. Bro, if you look at this Spurs team in this decade, this team made They're, fifty plus wins for seven straight seasons. That's fucking insane. And three of those. Four of those seasons were 60 wins. 60 wins. Yeah. Especially when Tim Duncan left, like when Kawhi Leonard was still playing, like the two seasons after that he played after Tim Duncan left, they still, they, they got their, their highest wins. Yeah. It's amazing. They, this was, has to be one of the greatest teams within one of the greatest franchises in the 2010s alone. Cause they were just that good. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the, you know, unfortunately the Golden State Warriors were the Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah, and and LeBron was LeBron, but even then, LeBron, LeBron got punked by the Spurs very, plenty of times. Yeah, and but so, but what I love about the 2014 finals, it's the one of the first finals that I was able to watch with like full knowledge of what was going on with this team that I watched the whole season, and just to get revenge, revenge is best. It's the best kind of thing that you want. It's the best story, and that's what the Spurs got in 2014. Oh yeah, and that I think then that's why that's what makes that team and that storyline so fucking amazing is 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 the revenge story. Yes, you know a, a lot of people and I think I don't know who it was. I think it was Fox Sports, um, Fox Sports or yeah, it was, or sports something like that. They were having this like best championship teams of the decade and. And for some reason, obviously it was the pairing, or obviously it was the seeding, but for some reason, they had the Spurs against a bunch of college teams. And it's like, that makes no sense. Like, they, I understand. And they beat, college... they beat two of the teams, and then they ran into the 2012 Kentucky team. Which doesn't make any sense. This I'm first, sorry. This first team won, was best in the West, won 62 games, and then took out LeBron in, in five in the finals. And what's even I think what's even more impressive about that run, the only close series they had was against the Mavs in, in the first round, where the Mavs took them to seven. And they, seven, yeah. They, I remember I was at Game Six for that for that series, and I watched Patty Mills miss that shot that they could have won. But it's, but that was the only close series they had throughout that whole run. They took dude, out that 2014 team was just was a monster, dude. They were. They were on the fucking war path, man. They said, "Fuck all of you. We are going to fucking take this." They and they, they went. They went against Dallas in seven. They beat Portland in five, and then they beat OKC in six. And that's an OKC team with Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook, and I believe even James Harden. James Harden. I think James. I think that was the last season that James Harden was there. This team beat some of the best teams in the fucking league. And you and that were was, that was Portland with LA, LA and Dame. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's unbelievable, and this is one of the best teams. Also, Harden was not on that team. Harden was not on that on that OKC oh. team because I I remember because Damian Lillard made it made that buzzer beater against Houston in 2014 to get to the semifinals, but. If you look at them, they were the third best defensive ranking team for the Spurs. The third best defensive ranking team in the league had the had the hardest strength of schedule in the league and was the seventh best offense with a pace of six in the league. And I think even their 
what is it? Their their win? What is it? Their net rating for their win or their win shares? It's like one of the greatest win shares of of any of any team. Yeah, in the league, it's one of the best. It's one of the best runs. Also, this is on a run on a team that didn't have a. The highest scorer on that team was Tony Parker with 16 points per game. Yeah. Imagine that Nobody in t- was... Imagine that in today's league. <laughs> Where that's just it's just insane. Well, um, every and the thing and that's the thing. That 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 is what that is the the exact reason why that team was so good because it was everybody. Everybody contributed in that team. Even Aaron Baines. Cuz we all know how much we love our Aaron <laughs> Baines fan account. <laughs> It was just, it was just a complete, like I said, it was a complete war path. Like they knew exactly what the hell they wanted and they were going to just kill anybody that got in their way. And they did. Yes. NBA champions. One of the best championship runs there could have been. But the problem is there are so many damn good championship runs in this, within this decade. Cause this is a decade of just amazing championship runs among all sports. But I think the one well, that, I mean, it was kind of just like solely the Golden State Warriors. Well, at least the second half of it was the Golden yeah. State Warriors. But you got and LeBron James. You, you had the 2011 Mavs with Dirk just That's sh- true. coming off. You had in other sports, you had the Cubs break their streak. You had the Astros break their their drought themselves. There's That's so, true. The Washington Nationals. The Nationals be, taking their streak. Um. I would say New England, they had a good damn-ass run this decade, unfortunately. They did pretty damn well. Uh, the 2011 Green Bay Packers, because I'm a Packer fan, they came in as a wild card and won it all in Dallas. Yep. That yep. was awesome. But let's look at some of the some of the other moments. I think one of the moments that hurts for me the most is that that last second shot by in the 2015 first-round conference final. In the first round against the Clippers, Chris Paul hitting that layup to take the series. That that hurt. team was so good too. That that Spurs team was very good. That and, was a fifty-five win team. And then you know Chris Paul just in just went Chris Paul in his prime and just boom just killed it right over Timmy. I remember that play. That one hurt. That one hurt. That that one did hurt. I, I agree. But that was that was like Lob City in its prime. Yes. And unfortunately, they couldn't. They couldn't get further than that. They could never get past the second round. Nope. Um, 2015-16 Spurs. I think this was one of the best. I think this was one of the best um, playoffs ever. Honestly, this was just one of. The, also, if you want to look at the Spurs, do you want to guess what their defensive ranking was for that season? What was their defensive ranking? Ninety-nine. Damn. First Damn. in the league. And 99 defensive ranking in the era of where three-point shooting was becoming a monster. And they had a rating of 99. <laughs> Jesus, that's insane. Uh, that They would lose to the they would lose to the uh, Thunder in that series. That was Tim Duncan's last season. We all remember that. And then that, that Thunder team went to blow a 3-1 lead against the Warriors. And then the Warriors went blow a 3-1 lead against the Cavs for LeBron's championship run. That 2016 Cavs championship run is pretty... Damn good itself. Now, we're going to go to probably one of my our favorite se- I would say my favorite season because there's so many good moments and so many bad moments. 2016-17. <laughs> First, you get the series you get the you get this 
you get the semifinals, the second round matchup against the Rockets. First, you get Kawhi's block against Harden off the glass, and then Kawhi draining a three at the other end. Right in, right in his fucking head. Boom. Bam. Then Kawhi goes, I'm going to say, Tony went down earlier that series, right? Or early in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. He, Tony went down, and Tony was having a fucking think, amazing season too. I he, think he went down in a Houston in the Houston series. Yes, I believe so. But he was having a tremendous playoff himself. Yep. Then Kawhi goes down, and so you're kind of left with all these other guys. And then the Lord, our Savior, probably the best moment of the Spurs of this decade. Just one single moment. The the Manu block. The Manu block. The block heard around the world. What a play by Ginobili! San Antonio wins in overtime! I will never not hear Kevin Harlan not say that. That's... Dude, that that was so insane. That play was just so insane. And it's you would think it would not work because Manu's coming in from behind. James Harden has a chance to win it, win it and send it to Game 7. I want to know, say game six? I yeah, I think it was game six, because I think they won in six in that one. Yeah, so it would have been game five. This would have been game five, and send it send it to game six for, I think, yeah, tie of the series. But, I think, I think, no, 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 I think, uh, no, I think after that game, that's when, like, Harden just disappeared, and that's that's how they, they won against Houston. I thought that was every uh, postseason. <laughs> Isn't every postseason James Harden just disappears? But, uh, but. I, but I think that was a I think that was a series winning play by Manu that allowed him to win that series overall, and that I think that's going that's going to be the peak of Manu. Where he, whoa whoa no whoa, no I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm, it's just going to be the moment I think everyone remembers. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, at least in recent years, yeah. at least in recent years. But it's a, it's just because... a peak, it's a peak moment, and it defines his career, where he is playing as in his late thirties. Against one of the one still one of the best scorers in the league, and makes the play of the series with defense. Okay, well I don't know about that. Like I, I don't know if it's gonna be one of the peak moments of his career. Not I think saying, what it shows, I didn't probably poor choice of words. Not a peak, but one of probably the I think top it shows three, his resi- top resiliency. Yes, but it it shows it shows what Manu was later into his career. Right? I think yeah, I, I agree. It should it should I think what it did what it showed was what it, it showed. Who Manu was, who yes. Manu continued to be even late in his career, and that's why I'm and who that's Manu why I was, always was. That's what I was trying to say. It's it's a it's a career defining type play by him. Where yes, it was a very it was a very there's there's only one one way to explain that. That's a very Manu esque play. Like there's Definitely. no other way to explain it. But that's just Manu. That's what he does. That's what he does. Exactly. That's, that's what, who he is. And so, so yes, I agree with that. And it showed, like I said, it showed his resiliency and his heart. I think that's what it showed the most is is the heart, because he never gave up. And on that play, he didn't give up. He let James Harden go around him, and then all of a sudden, you just see playing it perfectly because Ginobili was always an underrated defender. Um, but you see him playing it perfectly, where Harden rises up and Ginobili just comes and boom. Just takes his fucking cookies, and just the rest is history. Also, I have to go back to 2014, the Manu Slam. How can we forget that? How can we forget the Manu Slam against? Mm-hmm. Over- That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. like. It's yeah, the Manu Slam with the Heat game, right? So my final, my final word choice on Manu's block, it's a career 
defining type of play where it defines that part of his career and it's one of his top three moments within his NBA career. How about that? Is that the I best? don't know if, if it's. I don't even know if it's a top three moment because he's had some pretty fucking phenomenal. Moments Still, that, but it's a, it's a memorable moment that you can. It's an absolute yes. It's an absolutely. You memorable cannot forget moment. that yes, moment. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. All right. Let's continue with that season where they go up against the Warriors, who are coming off a champion, who are coming off a a loss to the Cavs and a very and where they blew a three one lead and they're. They're coming out for vengeance, and they have Kevin Durant now. Well, Kawhi Leonard is, like, torching them in the first quarter. They're... No, all the way through the third quarter, Kawhi was just yeah, like, sorry. insane. It's... Kawhi was essentially torching this whole team throughout this game. And yeah, it... Kawhi, Kawhi went Terminator mode and just started just shredding the Warriors. And honestly, and, I've... and if the next moment that we're going to happen didn't happen, I think the Spurs would have had a really good chance of winning this series and going to the finals. They... Absolutely. This was a championship team. No matter what, I can't. You can't say anything else. I think this would have been a championship team if they, if it weren't for motherfucking Zaza Pachulia, who is right. always who'd always had had a. I think he always had something against Spurs because he had multiple moments where he tried to take Patty down with him at one point in a game when he was on on the Mavs. There was multiple moments that Zaza had kind of some iffy, some ticky tack things against the Spurs, and this was just another one to add onto the pile and kind of let down. The path that the Spurs have had to gone down the past three seasons, mm-hmm. where he slides underneath Kawhi, takes out Kawhi's ankles, he's out for the series, and it's like, what the f- what the fuck do you do now? You lost your best player, and unfortunately, you're not going up against James Harden anymore. You're going up against a damn good a championship team in the Warriors, who just won seventy three games the prior season, and now just added Kevin Durant to their roster, but. And did the Spurs get sweet? I want to say the Spurs got swept that series. If I'm thinking correctly, yeah, they got swept. Just cause. yeah, they got swept after after he went well because there was no Tony Parker, there was no Kawhi Leonard, and it was just it was too much. It was too much for the Spurs to really handle, and they would get swept, and that Warriors team would go on to w- to win the finals. Next season, I think that next season was their 47 game win season where. Kawhi only played nine. We're not going to go on that. Everyone knows what the fuck happened there. But I think the one game that we do need to talk about from that from that se- that season and that series where they lose in the they lose to the Warriors was Game Four. Aaron Popovich had died, had passed away, and Popovich had to be taken away from the team, had step away from the team. And that team decided to play out of their fucking minds. That team yep. decided. That team said. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna get swept. We're they, not going into the night. They take a one hundred three ninety win against the Warriors in Game Four, and just fucking insane. LMA had twenty two points. Rudy Gay was on the team too. I forgot about this. Dejounte had twelve points that game, and that's kind of weird to hear. Weird to hear. And he also had three three winners. That team went off that game, and it was. Just it was something to enjoy and watch, especially they were not playing for themselves; they were playing for Pop. And you always yeah, got we re- saw them rally. You always got to see it. You always got to respect the Spurs teams because they don't usually play for themselves; they play for each other and they play for Pop. Because that's how much respect that they have for Pop. And that was yep. that was certainly one of those games where he lost his wife. He was. He lost the person that had been in his life, majority of it. 
and yeah, about 40 years i think is what they're married yeah and he had to step away from the team and they said this one's for you bob and they take a win they don't get swept they do lose 4-1 in the series because they didn't really have anything else they didn't really have anything else that they could go with but god damn that's a game that you need to remember from this past decade because that's some yeah. that's something you gotta remember yeah. It showed it showed a lot of resiliency and it showed it showed a lot of heart that they were they were playing for pop the entire time. It was amazing. Exactly, and that essentially kind of wraps up the decade. Uh, this was one of the I think one of the best teams within the decade, one of the best franchises, especially whenever you have fifty plus win seasons for seven of the seasons that you played, and then the other two seasons were forty seven and forty eight wins. That's yeah. Despite what people what people want to say, like the Spurs have slipped into mediocrity or whatever, they they don't realize that the Spurs were were always right there, you know. Yeah. Right there, outside of outside of Golden State, every single year, minus the past two or three years, um, that's how it's always been. Um, you know, and like I said, the the Golden State Warriors didn't come into dominance until. Until the later 2005. Until after, sorry, no, until so after the Spurs championship. After the Spurs championship, exactly. Once the Spurs championship happened, then that's when we saw the dominance of, of Golden State Warriors come in. Um, and so, so yeah, the Spurs have the Spurs organization has been one of the most dominant this entire this entire decade, with the exception of the past few years, a couple of years. Past the Spurs years. have always been the Spurs have always been up there for sure. And still, they made the playoffs. Uh, you can't. Every year making the playoffs. Every single year this decade, they made the playoffs. They had nearly, they almost, I think they averaged more than 50 wins per season if you add these all up. They have 50, they average a 50 plus season for this whole decade. That's amazing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And also, I'm still fascinated by that 2015 16, a 99 defensive ranking. A 99. They've, they've, for the past, for almost every year in the past decade, they've always had an extremely, extremely good defensive rating. It wasn't until these past couple of years that's that they it wasn't until that 20... they went from like the top five to a you know to a mediocre middle or even a lower. Yeah, in twenty seventeen eighteen, they still had a one hundred four ranking, and it was only last season where it's one eleven. And this year's actually kind of very similar. The offense is actually down, but that's the only thing. Right. That's the only. That's the only downside in the decade and a great team that won its fifth championship had some great moments had some bad moments aka aka the Kawhi saga we all know that bullshit (laughs) we talked about it we're not going to talk about it anymore but good decade 2010s for the San Antonio Spurs and no matter what you say I think the future still looks bright for the 2020s especially with this young core the Spurs team has absolutely I agree all right, that wraps it up for the Spurs. That wraps up our first year. Next month, in January, we are going to be hitting our one-year anniversary as a podcast. Can you fucking believe that? We've been doing this. Jesus. Year. We've been doing Thank this. Thank you. Year. Thank you to everybody that's uh, that's listened, that's shared, that's participated. We appreciate it. We've been through a fucking lot. <laughs> for, for less than a year and all the bullshit that we've gone through with podcast networks and all this other bullshit, somehow we're still here. We are better than ever. And we're fucking killing it. But again, thank you guys for fucking listening. It's awesome. 
At the Line is brought to you by News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 Spurs Zone. Make sure to check that out. Make sure to follow Jeff Garcia at Jeff G Spurs Zone for everything Spurs when it comes to the Spurs universe. Also, make sure to check out our home base at thelinepodcast.com. I got to renew that. I got to renew that, uh, that web address soon, especially coming to the year anniversary. Because the year anniversary of our, of our podcast means all my websites need to be renewed as well. Uh, make sure also, to- guys, just really quickly, share us some of your favorite moments of the decade. Hit um, yes. we'd like We would really like to know about that, too. I mean, there's there's plenty. You know, obviously, we didn't go over all of them. Um, these were some of our favorites. But definitely let us know when we post this. You know, either if it's through email or Google or whatever, or Twitter. That's our most used um, social media uh, platform. But just let us know. We'd like to hear from you. Also, uh, this would be a great opportunity to plug the Anchor app because on Anchor you can send us you can send us voice messages. So if you have a great moment that you want to describe from this decade, hit us up on Anchor and send us a voice message that way, and we might play it on our next episode. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or everywhere you get your damn podcasts. Make sure <laughs> make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find Mac at MacPen Media, find me at Ty Yeager Radio, and you make sure to follow. The podcast on Twitter at the Lion Pod. We're posting all sorts of highlight reels. I posted a Lonnie supercut of his eight points, the best highlight reel of a eight point game of all time. And but if you always, if you're looking for Spurs content, we got you covered. Spurs Zen's got you covered. All check that out. And make sure if you want merch, we got hoodies, t-shirts, plus all this other stuff. That's bit.ly/slash/at the Lion Store, or you can find the link on our home base at thelionpodcast.com. Any last words, back? Nope, just uh, go Spurs go, and uh, hopefully we trade some people. It's Get on the phone. Go Spurs go, as we always say, and the guy is always drunk. I don't know. Ha ha ha. Hey hey hey. I'm hitting all. I'm hitting all our sounders. I don't. I don't have in front of me. But great decade, a great year. Everyone have a happy new year. 2020 is coming up. Let's all enjoy it, and let's go Spurs.